welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast from South Stuart Court and Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? I'm good, Stuart. I had a really good idea for this podcast. I thought what we do is if you get to the most important comment that you're going to make for the whole show, just pause, do nothing for 40 seconds, just let the clock on the podcast <laughs> run down. Then we're going to have a break. And then I'm going to let the dog say it because uh, I think that that's that seems to be what happens in Seattle sports at the moment. It's great fun. Yeah, <laughs> as always, when you start those, I always do wonder what what avenue. I love watching your face down. contort. Like, where's this yeah. idiot going yeah. this time? <laughs> where's he taking it? Uh, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that yeah, that six that out of ten. Through. Six like, out of yeah, ten. It came through. It was strong. It was solid. And joining us this week uh, is one of our favorite guest is miss stacy rust how are we i'm well how are you guys St- i'm I'm, I'm surprised yeah i'm Most also still there. i'm also Fair. still tired i think at 34 <laughs> now staying up till 5 a.m for these games is uh having more of a toll on my uh, aging body than it used to as like a a young whippersnapper in my mid-20s where you could just stay up and go again. I'm, sure, I'm struggling sure. still. I'm still struggling. Now you wake up and you're like, why does my hip hurt? I didn't I even do anything. <laughs> just watch TV. <laughs> uh, it's, it's physical work. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so last week, Stacey, I signed off the pod. I was like, basically, please boo him. I even used the, clip, the sound clip from, um, oh, what is the Chappelle film? We boo this man, the gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's boo what I ended man. with. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's gonna annoy me. Will Travers will come through what that film is. I, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised that they actually did boo this man on um, Monday night and like consistently at every opportunity. And it was <laughs> like, like it kind of, yeah, that it was surprising. The first surprise of Monday night, really. Yeah, well, it was surprising because it's not really in my mind how Seahawks, I I shouldn't say how Seahawks fans are, but Pacific Northwest, like with Boston fans, with Philly fans, you you expect a level of kind of boisterousness that you don't really see in some other cities like San Francisco or Seattle. That doesn't mean they don't have storied programs, but like it's just it's a different culture. So I was surprised. Um, And then at first. I thought, so the whole team runs out of the tunnel together. And I thought, well, how are we going to know they're booing Russ? I mean, they always boo the team. Maybe it'll be a little louder, but they would show, they would show Russell Wilson on the in-studio camera. Like every time he was on the camera, people would boo. They go out for the first drive. People boo. Literally anything he does, people are booing. And it's like, nope, it's Russ. <laughs> they're making it very, very clear. It's him. Yeah, because I, I was, I was on. I had field passes for when Earl Thomas came back in 2019, mm-hmm. and that was like he left in kind of under a bit of a cloud, in a mm-hmm. different way. But like that was polite applause. And when people were saying, "Oh no, it's just what happens when the opposite team come out," it's mm-hmm. not what happens when the opposite team comes out. That was all directed at uh, Mister Unlimited. Yeah, no one's booing when they come out for the first series. I don't think I've ever seen that one. What do you think it was that made this one happen versus, like, obviously, on a macro level, requested a trade, but then you'll have other guys on social media saying, well, no, actually, you know, Seattle tried to punt him, you know, years and years ago. But we've spoken, I think, every time you've been on about Wilson's, in inverted commas, brand and how he tried so hard to be someone that actually he kind of leaves and I have no idea who the guy is. Do you think part of that booing was just, everyone was just tired of the guy's bullshit and like, 
It was because yeah, <laughs> I've heard a few guys on the radio say, you know, I can't wait to welcome him back now with open arms and, you know, when he gets in the ring of honor and he has his number retired, but I really enjoyed booing him yesterday, Monday, which seems counterintuitive yeah. to me because for me, if I boo someone, I boo them forever and actually will come on to that because I, I find the whole thing quite weird, the idea that it'll now just change. But it yeah. felt like there was a catharsis of like everyone wanted to get rid of the last five or six years of frustration at this multiple voiced, just oddball. Yeah, well, there's so many layers to it, right? I mean, first of all, there's a population of people who truly think that Russell Wilson changed over time, that he was this great guy who had a pristine reputation, who was untouchable, and then, I don't know, met Sierra and became Hollywood. I don't agree with that. Having covered him uh, from year three of his career on, Russell Wilson has always been exactly as he is. He's just been fine-tuned with some better outfits and like PR savvy, <laughs> Like, but he's always been exactly this guy. So um, I think, you know, part of it is people feeling like he changed. So those are some people booing. Um, and part of it is like the culture of football having this kind of like, you see PFT commenter for uh, Barstool make fun of it all the time, but it is that kind of thing of like, well, it's like a lunch pail kind of guy. Like I've had so many comments into the text line of like, well, I wouldn't grab a beer with them. And it's like, man, if Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in football, I don't care if he wouldn't grab a beer with them. Like that, I'm fine with that. Um, but there isn't, there is a like a this kind of like blue collary aspect of football that's um, completely. I mean, it's just part ingrained into part of the culture of the sport, right? Including kind of its roots. So that makes sense. Um, that's part of it. But what I think it is is like Russell Wilson always stopped just short of sounding committed to Seattle is the reason I don't think Bobby Wagner will be booed. Not only did Bobby Wagner give a lot to this city the same way that Russell Wilson did, but Bobby in his last press conference of the year, or maybe his second to last was like, I want to be a Seahawk until they kick me out. Like Russell Wilson never, there was always, there was always a game being played a public kind of sparring being, being played between Russ, his agent, his camp and the Seahawks where it's like, I'm going to go just far enough, but not further than you did in terms of commitment. And people can see that like people aren't stupid. They can pick that apart. And so I think that that is the taste that was left in people's mouth, that that's why people think that this player who traded didn't really want to stay is because he always stopped short of really saying he did. Yeah. And I think Wagner's probably going to be on like the Sherman trajectory, Mm -hmm. isn't he? Like as soon as the plane opportunities dry up and Amazon prime can call in, he's going to be, me on the sideline getting fucking stand ovations and stuff. But like obviously before the game, you were in Touchdown City working with with the man G Scott, and obviously he's got mm-hmm. a connect with the guys. Pretty much all of the guys are on that Seahawks sideline. Yeah. So like, was that kind of like, like this? Is, like, there's a reason they're here, kind of vibe. <laughs> so that's really interesting. So I've heard multiple things. So um, my uh, coworker Mike Salk thinks like, oh, they were like being not used, but as close as you could say mm. to, um, to, to kind of like show it's us against Russ. Um, I think that really all those players just have a good relationship. So KJ Wright was raising the 12 flag. He's really tight with all of these guys. A lot of these guys have stayed within the local market. Doug Baldwin lives in Seattle. Um, Jermaine curse is back. Uh, I don't know if he's on the East side, but he's back here. Like Jermaine curse is local. KJ Wright is local. Doug Baldwin's local clip. Like all these guys still live in the, in the city and have kind of made that part of a community for them. So it was like once one or two guys are going, it's like, just get everyone there. 
I was shocked to see Marshawn Lynch there, not only because it's Marshawn Lynch, but I didn't know that he had a relationship with Pete Carroll anymore. So I was surprised. Um, but yeah, I, some of the guys are cool, like openly cool with Russ. I'm fine with him. He's my guy. No issue with him whatsoever. KJ, right? One of those guys. And then other guys, we all saw the tweets after the game, right? Doug Baldwin and Richard Sherman being like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. You were like, yeah, I think, I think some guys have different motives for being there. But it did, didn't it feel like a little bit of pettiness on the part of the Seahawks? Like, I'm yeah. genuinely, there was a moment where you guys, I was like, what if they have the entire Legion of Boom raise the 12 flag? Like, what if? <laughs> like, I really thought they might do it. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm, like we're, we're quite used to it here because with our sports, like there's not like back slappy rivalry. You're either with us or we fucking hate right. you. <laughs> like that, that, that's the way it is. Awesome. You know, we, that, that's, it's much, particularly in soccer. Like yes. there's a tribalism that just doesn't really pervade into many other sports, perhaps mm-hmm. for a good thing. Cause it's not particularly clever at all times, but I think for Stuart and I, like, I thought it was great. And like, I've loved all the stuff on the Seahawks social since with like the let's ride yeah. stuff. And I think that's great. And, but equally, I'm quite surprised that a, the teams leaned into it and B the kind of proxy owner of the team, Pete Carroll, a is allowing that stuff. Cause I would imagine he has a say in some capacity, like, yes. come on guys, we don't need to be doing this. But then he leans into it again with the, eh, you work it out yourself. Yeah. And that really surprised <laughs> me. Oh, he worked it out with like the being asked, like, what do you think fans should do? Should they boo? And he's like, I'll follow their lead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll you, see. Yeah. That's about the closest you could get to being like, well, if, they, like, if he does, he dies. Because I always thought that Schneider was the one that had the real issue with like Mark Rogers and he was kind of pushing right. for it more. Yes. And yeah. Pete, it kind of felt like Pete was begrudgingly accepting that it had to happen. But it mm-hmm. does seem that perhaps that isn't the case. And for a guy that is so careful with his words and comments, you know, he's the master of saying nothing by saying something. I feel like for the first time we've seen some real emotion from Pete yeah. that I would not have expected. Yeah. yeah. That, you that, know what I think it is? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that answer on... Um, let them decide is possibly my favorite Pete Carroll answer of t- in the last 12 years because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it, 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 it was quite clearly which way of the early was leading. Yes, I absolutely agree. It was like you knew once he said that, like he's telling people to boo. <laughs> to it. You know, you know what I think it is, is for uh, from everything that um, has been reported about this team, both through anonymous sources and named sources, most recently through an ESPN column by Brady Henderson, which was fantastic, but we've seen this from other outlets before. So it's really well sourced, but you're right. that the, there was like a kind of animosity. The understanding was there was an animosity from Schneider to Russell's camp, which you're the GM dealing with money situations. That's going to happen. Um, I think with Pete Carroll, it's less animosity towards Wilson or his camp or Rogers and more this feeling of, of so many people outside of Seattle said it should have been me. Like it was, it was almost like, I want to prove that what I've built is, is going to win and what I built is worthwhile. And so it's not personally about Russ, but it's like, Hey, I'm always competing right now. You're the enemy. And you know, that's how it is. But there has been so much that players have done or said uh, or whatever to Pete Carroll that he just lets roll off of him that, I can't think that that Russell Wilson has said something to shake him to his core. I think it really is just him feeling like 
my program will win, not just me, but like my program. Mm. So I think, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but I, I don't know that it's as personal with him. Yeah. But, look, but if, well, obviously what KJ said on your station with Brock and Salt this morning, yeah. um, yes. if, if, if that's true, that kind of also leads into that because he went to bat for him to the detriment of his relationships with Sherman, mm-hmm. whoever else, the bulb and everyone else. And he just, up to left because John Schneider went to Wyoming once. And it's yes. like, it kind of like that, that kind of like is probably in the calculation of everything as well with Pete, isn't it? Cause like he went to bat so, so deeply for him. And he's just, Oh, so you mess. mean like, does he feel like, wow, you, after I did everything for you? Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't like that. Pete so values. Well, it's weird. Cause can you value truly loyalty in the NFL? Like, hmm. If Pete's upset that someone doesn't value loyalty, if Russ were to tear his ACL and drop off and throw 20 interceptions and four touchdowns, like you guys would restructure his contract. Like there is no real loyalty at the NFL. And that's in part separate issue. What I think has led to so many sour relationships and broken uh, burnt bridges between Pete Carroll is to that when you're a player coach, you buy in, you have, think someone believes in you. And then in the NFL, it's business, but I never thought about it that way because every single thing I've heard, I have, I have never in my time covering this team heard that Pete Carroll hates Russell Wilson, doesn't like Russell Wilson, never once from anyone. And this is including from people who both like and, and hate Russ. I have never heard that. So we will talk about the game, but I guess it's difficult to do that and not kind of deal with the, you know, whacking great Dumbo that's sat in my, in my kitchen at the moment. Um, it, it, when when people say you know he'll come back and he'll get in the ring of honor and he'll he'll have his number retired, personally like like whatever May, and maybe this yeah. is a cultural thing like we're overseas and we we're not entrenched in the community in the way that he is and we don't necessarily feel the tangible effects of what a, a good guy he's been because we kind of watch it through bleary eyes at midnight onwards, <laughs> but for me they can do that but he would be way down on the list of people that I would tune in to watch and care. And if you yeah. go to the point that like, not everyone can go in the ring of honor, like they can't expand the stadium or, or, or reduce the font on the Walter Jones thing uh, <laughs> to, to, to get rid of his number, you know, like there's part of me that thinks like all of the guys that have retired very quickly have been back in Seattle within three yes. to six months. And they've been on the sidelines. They've been coaching. They've been consulting if God forbid Russell Wilson had a career ending injury tomorrow, the last place I would expect to see him is back on the sidelines in Seattle. And so there's like a performativeness to it where they're like, yeah, ring of honor, he'll have his number retired. And I kind of feel like, why? You know, he he was great. He was amazing and an incredible player, but he's just signed a deal that would make him play for seven years in another city. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then when he retires, it'll be 15 years after the Super Bowl. Like, it's okay for a guy to just go and say thanks very much. It, it all feels like people are, are willing or, or desperate to have a performativeness and a ceremonial thing that doesn't feel as natural as it would do for a Lynch, a Sherman, a Wagner, yeah. even a Thomas for some people. Yeah, he was never, well, he's never been as authentic as those guys. And it's like, you can't blame someone who's who has to be that forward facing for not being authentic because it's incredibly hard to do, but it is off-putting. Like there's so many things about him that are off-putting that have never felt like you're, you're giving to the community or children's hospital every Tuesday. You have all these charities that like it's, it it's, there's always been a wall 
and a gap. And I say this as someone who's covered him and been in interviews and been in conversations. And it's like, that's how you're choosing to live your life. That's how you are. But there is a connection that fans feel when it comes to embracing certain players, like, like Marshawn Lynch, who was here from uh, what, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, and wasn't really quite effective after that, I don't think. But even for a comparatively shorter career, much more beloved. I think, honestly, man, if Russell Wilson hadn't, A, won a Super Bowl uh, and been part of that Super Bowl winning team, rather, um, and, uh, and B, if, if Seattle had a more storied history with, with quarterbacks, I don't think, I, I don't know that, that as many people wouldn't think that, but it's that Seattle has not, outside of the 2000 kind of four or five, you know, like kind of the, the mid aughts, they haven't really had great teams like that. They've had great players, singular, you know, Largen and, um, you know, Blades and all these other guys, uh, including former Hall of Famers, but like a team to go on the national map where people in Boston and people in, you know, Philadelphia and New York and whoever can name like five or six players on your team. Like this was like one of the first times that happened. I think that there is a feeling both in and especially outside of Seattle that you should be grateful for that. So that's what I think is driving it, which like, there's part of you that's like, screw you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it, cause it, there's kind of this like pro clutching. that's really annoying with like the fans booing Russell Wilson. And I am convinced that part of it stems from this idea that like, you guys should be so lucky. I wouldn't even know much about your team if it wasn't for him. And it's like, well, like, so what we're all supposed to pay attention to your teams all the time, because you're like this, like East coast old storied program. Like it, <laughs> yeah. There's just this kind of like, you should, you should be grateful for what he did. Kind of thing. There's, a, there's a bit of that with the soccer team. I support that. Like if we win yeah. something like heaven forbid you celebrate. And you know, if you don't like someone, how dare you be so ungrateful? Yes. There, there does feel like a real element, especially in the national sort of kind of talking head media that, Seahawks fans should be grateful just to have even yep. experienced it. But like, fuck that. This is sports. <laughs> like yeah. you, you want us to be tribal yeah. on one hand. And on the other hand, you want us to say, thank you. You know, let me kiss your feet for right. the, for the privilege to have spent time in your presence. I just don't get it. But yeah, but the that's his honor- national relationship too. Yeah, like his true. national reputation is far more pristine than his local reputation, which is not bad, but inauthentic. Yeah. I mean, if I found out that Doug was getting in the ring of honor and having his number retired, I'd probably look, to book flights for the game yeah. as quickly as I could. Yeah. Whereas if it happened to Russ, I'd probably just flick over to red zone in the half time that it was happening. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so boring. It's so, so boring. It's such, it is, but I say also, that knowing he's also been the most exceptional quarterback they've had. Like I say sure. all of that. Yeah. Knowing that. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, fine. Yeah, but like, it doesn't, no one, not everyone has to get the same level of flowers as others like yeah, sports yeah. are emotional and you know when people say i think even talking to jackson bevins last year quite heatedly about he was like you know russell wilson has to be on the mount rushmore of seattle sports stars and i, I didn't even agree with that when he was there no. i certainly don't agree with it now <laughs> i mean julio rodriguez exists yeah <laughs> who's that um, sam yeah, haggerty guy he sounds good yeah get him in there sam <laughs> russell wilson no 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 russell wilson would be on the mount rushmore of players who have put Seattle on the map who have been the level of talent in Seattle, but on the, on the part tied to 
like likability. Mm. I don't know that mm. as many people would have them there. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like two different, two or three different Mount Rushmore's here, but yeah. it's hard to look past like, yeah, a quarterback who, how many other, I mean, you have players in the hall of fame, but like you haven't had a Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Russell Wilson is, but like he is a different level of like a caliber of player. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. The quarterbacks are like like front men of a band, aren't they? They're just the the different breed. They're just a strange yes. collection. Yeah, of, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a weird tangent. I'm talking about. Um, should we talk about the game? Or let's do it because it was great yeah. fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I think I texted you on Sunday, Adam. And I think you said you kind of fancied it, and I don't know why that kind of felt like. It was good. I thought the Seals were going to win. I think I picked some in our pick them as well. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect how. I, I thought Rashad Penny would be like the drive, more of the driving yeah. force behind it than he was. Than Geno Smith starting is it fourteen for fourteen and mm-hmm. like it. it <laughs> it's it it's it was impressive in like ways that I didn't really expect. Even though I expected us to win, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I I said before the game that the whole thing felt a bit like a Hollywood movie final scene type game where the the plucky underdog home team were being invaded by the the evil empire of these superstar teams, <laughs> and it would be a plucky win. And in a way, it kind of turned into a bit of that, like two goal line fumbles. A misfield goal at the end. I mean, there's that famous tweet that someone made that, like, you know, no one will ever, or no Seahawks game will ever be normal. They're just all batshit mm-hmm. mental. And I mean, it really felt like. Well, we, we said last year, Stu, and I'm, I'm not sure if we said this to you, Stacey, but there's been two years really in a row where, like, Seahawks football for us has been getting off your seat at one o'clock in the morning and looking forward all day to staying up mm-hmm. all night and ruining your whole night your whole week of sleep because you have to watch this team play. And the last couple of years just haven't been like that at all. It's been dull as dishwater. And so to yeah. have that come back and be as crazy as it was, it was the best. Yeah. Like it really reignited something. Yeah. I mean, like uh, getting off the couch, I did not get off the couch, but I punched the air vociferously for half one in the morning. <laughs> when, Will, when Will Disley was like open 15 yards out. And I think I did the same for Colby as well. Like, it was, yeah, it, it was like, it's, like you said, it's the most visceral Seahawks game I've watched from five yards away in a few years. Yeah. Did it, did it feel I, more fun being there, Stacey? Yes. Yeah, it did. It did. It did. It was, it was louder in general. Like normally there's like a muffled noise when you're in the press box. You could, you could feel how loud the crowd was, like a little bit of vibrations in the press box. But not only that, it's about the sideline, right? You watch the sideline. If guys are into it, if they're not into it. You, like on the uh, the kickoff after uh, Geno Smith's the Seahawks first drive, which ended with that Will Disley touchdown, they they kick off. Um, the special teams makes makes a great play for Seattle, stops them late. The sideline erupted. I'm talking like Seahawks players before Denver has their first drive are just fired up and so excited and like swinging towels around. And I was like, oh, this is like <laughs> this is gonna be an emotional game. Um, and it, and it, what, like you could just, I almost wanted there. I mean, the missed field goal was about as close as you can get to it. Like that was great. I almost wanted there to be like a pick or something where the crowd would just erupt, but the missed field goal still, the, the noise was still, um, 
something else. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was real. I really really enjoyed it. I'm thinking now of you guys waking up at one to watch some of the games we've had of late. Just like oh god, like <laughs> imagine waking up at one for that. Like we stay up until one to watch it. I wish I could oh. wake up at one. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean like the six six. Every time met some. Well, the American guest mentioned the, the six, six. Yeah. The six, six. Yeah. That was the worst That's ever. It. That was and the it worst was so ever. long. It was such a long game. I'd rather have it tie at like 34, 30. Like at least something happened, but that was just awful. There's, I remember there was a, was it Bob Condota? Someone was writing about how afterwards players are just like standing and like staring in the locker room. The idea of just like standing there and looking ahead. Yeah. It, it, did, it did feel like the game kind of ended in a, anticlimactic way for the way in a which little. the previous like 59 minutes had been because it, yes. it was a bit weird just like hang on they're actually kicking well we've iced him so now they're going to bring out Russ because they've had to... no they're actually kicking and <laughs> well he's obviously not going to make it like it wasn't even like it was a 44 yarder where like you're thinking oh no we're going to lose like at 64 yards he was never going to make it so it, it no. almost didn't have the celebration that you kind of expected it to what did you guys make of uh, Russell Wilson saying post-game? Before we even had this drive, we asked, you know, the, oh. McManus or whatever his name is, we asked him where he could make it from. He said 46 left hash. Did you believe that? Yeah, I think uh, for Verts, Charles McDonald has tweeted the clip where, was it what, we can do that now? We can just go out there and lie? Like, yeah, <laughs> come on, man. Put it this way, when I saw Russell do his uh, little 360 spin, uh, on the center on the center spot, I was like, "How convenient that four cameras happen to be there to catch it." And so, I, and so, I have the kind of same feeling. Like, how convenient they decided the right, forty six right, right. yard line was the exact line they were going to take. <laughs> how what, what luck? What luck? Denver? How lucky and what are you? Is like, I'm going to say forty six exactly. Yeah, so if you the- guys get there on the last drive of the game with twenty seconds. What a coincidence. And I will, even, of course, be able to even kick got, it. You even got it on the right hash mark that I wanted. Yeah. This is so lucky. What <laughs> a blessing. Crazy. Yeah, it just, it, it did seem a bit stupid. It, it was really, really, he was asked about it. It was like, he, okay, so he had, uh, I ended up going to his um, uh, interview room, I guess. I'd never been there before in all my time covering this team. I got lost. It's fine. I showed up. And uh, I get in there. And there's a couple other Seattle reporters, but there was someone I mentioned, I talked about this earlier on the show. There's someone I did not recognize who I don't think was a national reporter because I had no idea who it was. So someone who either was for a national outlet that isn't like a forward face and he's like an AP reporter or something or, um, or from Denver. Anyways, uh, Russell Wilson is asked by him, Hey, would you make of the Nathaniel Hackett's decision to basically take the ball out of your hands and go for the field goal? Russ goes, well, I, I personally believe we have the best, you know, kicker in the game. Um, <laughs> and then the guy interrupts him. And on the transcript, it says inaudible. The guy interrupts him and says, it would have been the second longest field goal in NFL history. And Russ kind of like pauses and he goes, yeah. And then he keeps <laughs> moving forward where it's like, you're giving the same answer you would have if he had not interrupted you. But you're like, I'm going to choose to not respond to that right now because I'm just going <laughs> to give you the answer I want to give you. Which is it makes sense, right? Like it's Russ isn't doing something other people don't, but I I don't understand the decision and I don't understand how Russell Wilson would have been okay with it. Someone who always wanted to be able to have the ball, always wanted this coaching staff and Pete Carroll to be able to trust him and give him a chance. Not only that, but an offense that at least between the twenties had been moving the chain, right? Like they'd been, they had been converting on 53% of third down attempts. It just, they couldn't convert in, in the red zone. So 
your chances of converting on fourth and five, I would have taken that 10 times over 10 over trying to go for a 64 yard field goal. And even if they missed it, they had three timeouts. So they could have got the ball back with 30 seconds anyway. It's just so stupid. Uh, I think it was when, so stupid. When I think Michael Jackson got injured and Sidney Jones came in, his first mm-hmm. play, he had no idea where he was. And I tweeted like, tremendous mannequin challenge, Sidney Jones. And that was kind of like Nathaniel Hackett in the last minute. He just went full mannequin and just, he just looked like he completely froze on the spot. I didn't, I didn't, I don't understand the decision. I'm like, I know that he's from Green Bay's coaching staff was like low key conservative in the same way that sometimes McVay can be low key conservative. Like I think people see these um, like, offenses that are really successful and think oh they take so many chances on fourth down i think in general people should take more chances on fourth down we've seen the statistics and the analytics about that 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 in so many more cases they should go for it and choose not to i just wonder if if uh i don't know i don't know what went into that decision i i don't i i've been thinking about it for a couple days and he's since come out and been like yeah i wish i would have gone for it but it's like yeah. 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 I wish I would have invested in like crypto. I mean, we can't all <laughs> we can't all do exactly what we want, Nathaniel. So, so we, we we talked earlier about Pete Carroll and all the 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 uh, how it much it meant to him to win on Monday. But Gino's in that same boat again, isn't he? Because obviously, mm-hmm. see the, the one of the longest times without a week one start as a quarterback. But we, we've we've given him a lot of flack on here. That yeah, mo- most of most of Seattle Seahawks and Seattle. Every, people have since he's been in the building the last three, four years. But like he he I think you've maybe tweeted Adam that, that that is that's that's how it's all supposed to kind of look, isn't it, with Pete Carroll? Like you step, you throw, you get protected by the two tackles mm-hmm. for most mm-hmm. of the game. And you just you kind of just keep it in front. Like that that's how teams have attacked us yeah. for the last few years. Nothing over the top. And it's kind of it was weird and refreshing that we kind of saw Russell Wilson try and do the same but to us and then we but yeah it, it, it but that was Gino, the it was, weirdest it was so strange I've, I don't think I've ever had that in sport my soccer team a lot of players have left yeah no seeing like, so many of these like it's so weird oh yeah um but yeah like with Gino it, 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 it it's a massive validation but it's it's at the same time it's week one there's 16 more of them to go but I mean yeah, he's he's the header on NFL's Twitter page. I mean, no one would have said that <laughs> was going to happen a week ago. No, it's a great story. It's really, really cool. I did not I think with Gino, it's like you didn't see anything in the preseason to make you think he was <laughs> god awful. You just didn't see anything to make you think he could win a win a game for you, right? Like, mm. and it was weird because the idea of well, Gino's careful with the ball. Gino protects the football, and that's kind of what the narrative became. And that's one that I was writing through right so I know that I kind of absorbed some of that narrative but turn the ball over on what could have been a game-winning drive I think against the Steelers like he he has had turnover issues before certainly when he was a starter but including last year I think had either a fumble or a pair of fumbles um but uh he really surprised me I mean I think it helps that this offensive line might be one of the better offensive lines they have which is just so uh deeply ironic um but it's it really is just like he i have fought so hard against this idea that russ can't be as great because he's short because i've always thought oh, that just simplifies it it simplifies it it simplifies it because we've seen so many quarterbacks who fit the mold perfectly brock osweiler be horrible 
but there really is a difference. Like those extra couple inches of him stepping up in the pocket, finding a tight end over the middle, finding DK, you know, on the flat, whatever it is. Like it, you just see someone play a simple game effectively. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. All they need is a, I think the defense to be even better. I mean, it's going to be a bizarre year. Like we said last week, Stu, that trying to predict what the Seahawks record is going to be, is going to be nigh on impossible because every game is going to come down to these coin flip plays. And like, it's great that we don't even need to talk about the fact that I think we had like 40 yards of total offense in the second half, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, we're, we're riding this crest of euphoria from, from the game and the first half that was so great. Like it's not, it's, I mean, it's concerning that one halftime of adjustments seem to shut down the entire offense. And maybe we'll see that in San Francisco, that it could be a complete cluster, but um, it's just, Every, you know, two fumbles in the end zone or, or in the red zone for them. Gino slipping on fourth down, uh, trying to sneak it. Um, I, the Seahawks could win one or nine games this year, and it generally wouldn't <laughs> surprise me because they're just playing with such fine margins that, you know, there, there was one pass that Gino made across his body in the first half that was a yes. complete duck. And you just know if that was Drew Locke, it would have been a pick six because that's the way that sports karma works but Gina it was Gino's night and it just fell it fell short I just hope that that continues through the end of the season it might not it could be a complete disaster from (laughs) Sunday but uh I think you said on on Sunday you like just win one game like obviously there's a longer term thing but I even said it with with five minutes to go if Seattle lose this I've seen enough going forward that makes me think that there's pieces there that I can get behind, which is yeah. kind of what the season's about, right? We're not yeah. looking at this season as playoff Super Bowl. We are looking at this season that in 12 months time when, when we're talking again, is this a playoff team then? And that, that's all I really care about. And so it would have been gutting to lose. And I'm sure the players would have been gutted, but I'd seen enough that I, I was knew I was going to go to bed vaguely content. And I went to bed content and laughing, which was just terrific. <laughs> Like maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> I worked, yeah, it was great. It was just the yeah. best. Well, I, I went to work after the game. I didn't go to bed. That's what carried on going. Um, yeah, it, but also there's like DK stepped up. DK was making catches that he hasn't really made yeah. consistently over his first few years. And I think that's kind of like an interesting point which came out of Geno's stats last year where like the, some players were making plays and making catches on throws. They weren't as consistently as they did with Russ and DK. I mean, DK was making sprawled out catches on probably the best young cornerback in the game in Pat, Pat Sertain. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of uh, helps and lifts things and kind of adds credence to what, like the, the, there could be more life in this team than probably more well, I definitely expected. It's just, it's kind of like incremental thing, isn't it? It's like that, which kind of add all to what was a, a fun win on Monday, Stacey. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think I thought now I said that they were a really simple offense, but I think I, I agree with you. I've seen enough to think they could be much better and almost enough to think like, you guys should try a little more on offense. Like, let's see how far we can push this one. Like, let's, let's just try this out. This could be fun. If nothing else, like, I'm just excited to have new ways to lose. Like, it, it's kind of like if the Seahawks was the same story over and over and over. It would be like offense starts hot. Russell makes critical mistake. Defense isn't doing enough. Then defense gets better, but offense falls off. And it was like the same story. And you were like, 
I've written this recap five times. I know exactly <laughs> what the problem is with this team. And I know what the like meta problem is, right? That the, the head coach and quarterback are at odds about how it should be run. And here's where the resources, it's like, it was the same story, you know, over and over and over. If nothing else, I am excited to have a team where it's like, oh, they won because of this or they lost because of this. And it's something we have to figure out. Yeah. It's also for the money to watch people like Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, yeah. obviously the two the two rookies and even Tariq Woolen as well to um, probably a less um, uh, magnified extent. But mm-hmm. you can see them kind of get their legs under them. Obviously, Charles Cross appeared to be a bit gassed. I think it's probably going to put that down to Chubbs started whipping him a bit in the fourth quarter. But it was quite fun on Adam's point to try to watch yeah. these players like, oh, yeah, sh- oh, shit, yeah, I can do this. I can actually, like, compete and make... <laughs> like I mean, the, the Cody Barton <laughs> play is, like, resistant yeah. to that because he was kind of being targeted a bit by rest in the first quarter. And then he comes up at one of the biggest junctures and makes a play which is all over social media and Seahawks, Twitter and Facebooks and stuff. But that's the kind of, like, the another thing which is quite cool to seeing players grow in, like, skill, experience... And like confidence, especially Barton and Wallen, I think. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see Ken Walker next week to maybe see, uh, I think too, like players that I had in my mind written off. Like I had in my mind been like, oh, Cody Barton is a backup. What if he's not? <laughs> like, what if he's absolutely amazing? And I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. The thing that struck me, and I think, Stu, we were talking about it during the game, was when the Seahawks had the ball on offense, things looked organized. Um, mm-hmm. And this will mean less than nothing to you, Stacey, but to our, our English listeners, he looked like an opening batsman in a test match <laughs> that knew what he was, I was doing at the totally crease. I was totally going to say that. You're <laughs> taking the words out. I don't know. I know. You are a big Alistair Cook fan. <laughs> Alistair and, like, he so, looked yeah. like Alistair Cook. Oh, man. Now, I don't know if you have it in baseball when, when a guy steps up to the plate, like everything looks organized, like there's no jitters. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure if it kind of works in the same way, but in comparison, everything Denver did just looked so <laughs> frantic. Like yes. the, the, the clock was going down. I mean, to compare it to your previous life, I can only imagine it's like getting an eight letter word in, in the you know eighth grade spelling bee and having to work <laughs> out the I's and E's and the C's and the E's with three exactly or four seconds right. ago before spitting the word out. But they just look chaotic. <laughs> uh, and, and like every play, I was thinking, this is going to be a delay of game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like- it, it was crazy. But whereas the Seahawks looked completely organized, uh, particularly in the first half, which was the last thing that I'd expect to see from from them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the like timeouts weren't being wasted after like four minutes of the first quarter. Like Pete Carroll used timeouts in the second half on a challenge, which was the Pete Carroll thing. It's like Pete Carroll bingo at this point. But it, yeah, it, like it, he it, threw it, it so sassily as well. Like, <laughs> out, to, out, out of the back of the hand, I loved it. But yeah, my like, favorites. My yeah. favorite is from the press box when you see him reaching for it from his back pocket, kind of leaning forward, and you're like, "Here we go." <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just yeah, it, like like today, it's just very strange watching a Russell Wilson performance from the other the other vantage point. It's really strange. I don't think I'm going to watch many Denver games outside of Red Zone this year. I don't know how many mm-hmm. primetime games mm-hmm. they got, but. It was very weird. I think it, I think it was made weird weirder by being in Seattle as well. Like that, that was yeah, it well, in Denver. It was, it was like, yeah, okay, cool. But but DK said it was weird seeing him in the jersey for him. But, yes. Yeah, it was. It's just, still been weird seeing him like that. It, what's really weird too is like, I I don't know if you guys felt this way. I'm curious to know if you did. I didn't feel watching Russell Wilson for Denver like. 
this guy's going to pick us apart. This guy's looking deadly. This guy's on one tonight. Like it was almost like this quarterback who I felt so confident in, not all the time, but yeah, didn't look imposing, especially. I, I, I don't think he played very well. No, I mean, it was like, like it, the it, numbers are there, but not the feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, it was very strange. Like, Gino was, yeah, it was silly in the first half. Like, everything just found a Seahawks receiver. But yeah. It, There's a few tape guys on social media that have been quite down on Russell for a couple of years. And yeah. I think maybe yeah. you try and bury that because you're protective over your own guy and you think, no, that's rubbish or whatever. Mm-hmm. I actually had to watch Russell Wilson against me to kind of see what the limitations were, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yes. That's a great point. That's exactly what it is. Like, and you're like, I, yeah, I wasn't, con- I wasn't concerned by him because I, I, for the first time I was sort of watching without the, you know, the, the neon green tinted glasses. And I was thinking, oh, that this actually isn't that dangerous. Although, I mean, the weirdest thing of all was seeing him dressed like a piece of chewing gum before and after the game. <laughs> Extra cool breeze, right? That's kind of yeah, the green extra, yeah, or green yeah. Wrigley's, whatever it is. Prom, yeah, kind of yeah, like a 19, maybe yeah. early 80s. Prom. And then bring a change of outfit just in case you lose. I mean, yeah. for goodness sake, you cannot wear that after a loss. Like, there's no way you have no. to get you need like new balance sweats on, like at that point. It's just he should have given him a pair of. He should have put a, like a pair of the K-Swiss Monarchs in just in, in his locker, just, do that. <laughs> just in case you lose, mate. Just have these. Under, like, you, can, uh, yeah. you can run to the bus with just these. In case, just in case, just in case. But the, that'll be the next release on the, was it the Goodman brand? That's what it'll be the. Brand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, but like, they, like I said earlier, also the, the Seahawks won and Rashad Penny didn't really get going. A few runs, a couple of runs, the bigger runs mm-hmm. he had, he kind of called back on. Yeah, uh, holds one on Lucas. I still don't understand how it's a hold. He just blocked his defender. But um, yeah, like I thought the refereeing again. was generally quite needlessly yeah. officious. Yeah, it was, it was, like, it was just like, leave us alone. We don't need like even for I don't need a fifteen yard taunt penalty for a guy just standing up. No, like, I'll take come it. on. Yeah, I'll take it. But, like, but it's, it's like the ref at the Marseille game last, last week, Adam. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We um, needed another ref to like hold him back, like, yeah. though, like they understood what was going on. They were like, yeah. no, no, no. let him fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like, you can't want them yeah. to kill each other in play and then not out of the play. It just, it's so, it's right. so weird to me how they do this. Yeah, they built it up for, for months and months. These two teams hate each other. You guys, yeah. though, you need to be really respectful. How dare you stand over him like that, you animal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where's the decorum? Yeah. God, it's a stupid spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are at almost one o'clock. Talking about it, uh, no, twelve o'clock. Um, yeah, like, you should mention Jamal Adams because that was quite yeah. sad. Yeah. Like, like I know you're not his biggest fan, Mister Nathan, but I thought he played quite well. Like the 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 knockdown header at the back post was a bit unnecessary, but. Um, I thought he played well. He was flying around like he was two years ago in his first year in the team. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, it's such an innocuous look because it's not like his leg was planted. He was just flying around trying to get Russell it's Wilson weird. down and it's something's popped at the top part of his leg. And it's just like, he wasn't injured in New, New York, I don't think. And it's just, every time he makes a play, he seems to come up with one a, a, a severed bone or a t- torn muscle it's just it's just <laughs> severed bone <laughs> <laughs> like i said quarter to midnight um yeah it's uh yeah it's just 
I don't think I, I, I think I've always found him slightly needlessly performative. Like he's trying to play up to be like the new wave of LOB, which we don't actually need, but maybe I need to just reconfigure my views and just see him as hilarious because to try and pull off the fact that you've headed the ball and then you, you sit up and like, I was this close. I was this close from catching it. What uh, are you talking about? You yeah. headed the ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe he's just really funny and I just need to get on board with that. Yeah. I, you know what I think he is? I think he is like at volume 10, but that's really how he is. But like, I think that what you see is how he is, which I guess if it's authentic, I have to be okay with it because mm-hmm. it's like, that, that's who you are. What what's a bummer is so I don't know to this day that I would have made the trade two first round picks for a strong safety. I I understand the context of it. I understand that they feel like they're a piece away. I understand that he was a first team All Pro, and to your point, had only missed two games in three years. He's twenty four years old. You would never get a shot at a guy like that ever, 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 ever. You would never had to pick that high. Um, but so you, even though you can't foresee the injuries still don't know that I would have done it that all of that being said my very wordy way to say I feel awful for him and I also think that they might have been about to tap into a really cool way to use him based on everything I was hearing and it's such a bummer maybe that's all being said because he's probably going to be done for the season so it's easy to be like oh we were just about to figure it out but it was <laughs> close <laughs> Wait, no, was close to catching it yeah. <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend was just here she's a model but she's gone now but you wouldn't believe it but that's my like, friends are just out of shot they're just out of shot they're just out here but they're definitely here but i mean it's like because they, they once again and this is what's been frustrating about it it's not just making the trade for the safety it's making another trade giving up a first round pick and in this case more for someone who is immensely talented that you then don't use the right way. That's what baffles me. You did this once and messed up already with Jimmy Graham, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you you kind of did the same with Jamal Adams, and I wish I understood why. There's something I'm not understanding about why they used him in year two differently than in year one, and I I, I wish I knew, but I don't. Yeah, I think also on your point of like how they were going to unleash him this year, seeing how Josh Jones played in his stead is kind of – Again, yeah, that's credence start because he played well and they kind of how they used him deeper into the season. Yeah, it's just a bummer. Like, like yeah. I, I, I do kind of think this team maybe needed that energy as well in week one because obviously the crowd were into it immediately, as you say, Stacey. But it kind of needed that bit of juicing because there isn't Bobby Wagner's not there anymore, KJ's not there anymore. The guys up front kind of seem a bit more subdued than we've probably maybe seen in the past with. Yeah, uh, Cliff and Mike B, but yeah, it's it's just it's just a. a he was fired up, like even on his first play when he tackled Javante Williams, he did that weird thing that like baseball refs do, where they just like yap their head at each other and just like <laughs> the coach and the ref have these weird arguments. Uh, he was doing that; he was really fired up for it. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's a shame because it's he. We we barely knew ye, Jamal. Yeah, is kind of how it feels 20, in twenty twenty two. Um, so yeah, uh, San Francisco 49ers are ten and a half point favorites in Vegas at the minute. Which watching both teams on Sunday seems weird. Like a week ago, saying ten and a half point favorites sound makes sense. Sure, perfect. <laughs> but Trey Lance showed signs. Obviously, Seals won. But also, the 49ers don't have Elijah Mitchell. doesn't sound like Kittle, if he goes, is going to be anywhere close to full go. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks are kind of juiced after a big primetime win. And in a building, they've 
they win pretty consistently in as well. It just kind of seems like Vegas have done Pete Carroll's team talk for him this week, Adam. Yeah, alternatively, I kind of feel like we could be in for the mother of emotional hangover games, um, which is fine. Like, you yeah. know, we, we've beaten Stanford <laughs> enough times. That's such said, a healthy yeah. way to see it, Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. We've, can't we've, win them all. We have yeah. the, we're trying to get yeah. quarterback, for goodness sake. <laughs> we've got the one win. That's honestly, 16, uh, yeah, it's fine. We've beat, we're yeah. just, a- I'll go, take a- it. Just go accidental Jacksonville and win your first game, then lose the rest. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, yes. All that's missing is Urban Meyer being here, staying behind uh, while the team leaves on the plane. I can, like, I can, I can buy. I think San Francisco's roster is better. I wonder if maybe they're giving them the benefit of the doubt and playing in horrendous conditions in Chicago, thinking maybe they would have seen more. But man, listening to KJ this morning was interesting because he did not feel. Uh, great about Trey Lance. I, I say that and that he wasn't high on Trey Lance, not that mm-hmm. he was nervous about him. But he he felt like Jimmy G was the better quarterback, which is interesting to hear from a player's perspective. Yeah, I I, I love Trey Lance, so it's quite annoying. I, I love Trey Lance watching North Dakota <laughs> State games. Um yeah. So no, I, I I kind of I think other thing that game that they had on Sunday with him and Fields is kind of they're the same kind of they're on the same tra- trajectory, both of him mm. him him and Fields are kind of just there's something there it's just how long it takes to kind of find yeah. it and if it's if it's to the detriment of everything because he's 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 massive Trey Lance like he's you see how he plays you kind of think he's like Lewis Wilson Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray kind of thing but he's a big <laughs> yeah. dude he's like 6'3 yeah. so that's going to be just a completely different but yeah if he makes some of the mistakes he make, made on Sunday then you'd hope the Seahawks Bring in the basket catch that Quandre just missed out on 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 uh, Monday night. But yeah, ten and a half, ten and a half still seems a lot. Like, I agree, especially with no Mitchell and Kittle. Whatever's going on there, it just seemed quite a bit. But but there's a lot on Gino again, isn't there, Adam? Yeah, and again, it took 15 minutes for them to work out what to do and limit us to 37 and- yards for a half. So you know, maybe the Seahawks can make offensive adjustments like we've never seen before. But it's still Geno Smith at the end of the day. You know, yeah. it, it's uh, I'm so thrilled for him that he's had his his game, and you know the Geno chance can be his ringtone for the rest of his life. I mean, <laughs> what time to be alive for him? But it, you know, the guy has been a meme of a quarterback for a decade. So if anything's more likely to happen, you would suggest that it's second half Geno as opposed to first half. Yeah, and also last year in his second start, it was atrocious when, <laughs> when teams had a week to game plan for Geno Smith and Shane Waldron, Pete Carroll offense. But but let's let's kind of kind of try to keep it positive, Stacey. Like it, there's there's reason for to expect that he's going to put it out a similar stat line, and you, then you'd hope that Rashad Penny kind of doesn't have his 25 yard runs called back because Abe Lucas is blocked, yeah. blocked a man on like some make good penalty, maybe. Mm. Yeah. I think what I'm hoping for instead, I, I feel more comfortable as good. I agree with you as good as Gino's week one was, I feel more comfortable and optimistic hoping Ken Walker comes out and looks great. Hoping Penny bounces back. than I do that Gino's going to throw the ball all over the yard. <laughs> um, so what I'm hoping is that Daryl Taylor who looked good in camp and then just didn't, didn't really get going much in the game. If Daryl Taylor and like either Ken Walker or Penny or both have a great game, I'm feeling infinitely better about their chances versus expecting Gino to do much. I say that knowing there are people listening, like someone's already tweeted, uh, like who's to say they can't win every game. And I was like, I, I mean, I guess nobody, but 
Stacey, sorry. Like that on that one. So, no, every, no one I is listening to this show. No yeah, one yeah, listens to that. this show. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I'm, I'm um, thrilled you think we have listeners, but also, this is purely a passion project for me and Stu. No one listens to this rubbish. Yeah, as, uh, but also imagine if Gino did just throw it all over uh, Santa Clara. Imagine, imagine if he went 35, 42. I mean, I, I think he's more likely to throw it all over Santa Clara than all over the <laughs> Santa Clara, to be brutally honest. But let, 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 let's see how it goes. Let's yeah, pour yeah, sauce yeah, the poor yeah. guy. But yeah, oh. imagine the post game quote it comes out with if that happens. I mean, because yeah. that that like you, and you said what like let's let's go on his gravestone in like 40, 50 years. That is a bar. Oh, his quote from Gina. amazing, amazing, amazing. I loved everyone saying it would be on the next Drake album. They were like, this is, <laughs> this, like, like uh, God, who said it? Oh, I feel so bad not remembering who said it. But they were like, Russ tried so hard to drop a bar like this or have something as natural as this, and <laughs> yeah. you know, just came out. I don't know if he had been sitting on it for years, but he thankfully saved it, and it was worth it. The delivery was impeccable. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was his, I think, second best moment of the night outside of just his performance in general with this. I mean, the, there, there were inklings last year that there was an authenticity factor about Gino that maybe lended himself more to the locker room than Wilson, if I'm not rewriting history. Um. Like there were there were some players that, that weren't thrilled that Wilson just got thrusted straight back into it. Yes, as when yes. semi fit, like Gino deserved to play in some of their their minds, didn't he? Yes, I think there were some players who felt like Wilson pushed himself back early to the detriment of the team. But once he came back, you can't bench if you mm. if he comes back and you and you make him stop, you've benched him. He's no longer injured. You've benched him, and you couldn't do that. Like it, you just couldn't do that as a team. So I think there were absolutely people who were rubbed the wrong way by that. But it's interesting because I I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it. I do think Gino not being named captain, I've I've never heard of players not liking him. Do, have players bought in and been behind him 100%. I think if he wins a couple of games, you might see it. But not having been named captain, I do think is a little telling. Not in a bad way, but the leaders of this team aren't necessarily, like Gino's not one of them right now in this moment. I bet you he's an honorary captain by Halloween in some capacity. But they do <laughs> I would something. love that. I would, I would do love something to see that for like, him. Like when they give kids scholarships uh, in college teams, <laughs> yeah, he's just going to whip out this C and an I. Honorary and firefighter. Iron it straight onto his jersey and his, the team's going to go bananas. It's going to be great. Oh, I would love to see that. I love the idea of like a whiteout marker or something yeah. with a uniform and just write it it's backwards on accident because you did it in a mirror. Like I would, I would love for that. I would, I would, I would love for that to happen for Gino. I really would. I'm not sold that, that um, I'm sold on that. He's more authentic. I am not sold on like the team is fully, fully, fully bought in, but I, I don't think that's permanent. I think that's subject to change. I, I guess I've just been moving forward. I'm, I would imagine you guys are too. Yeah. I mean, like- moving forward with the general assumption that it's not Gino in the end, it's not Drew in the end either. Yeah, like 2023 yeah. is going to look a hell of a lot different and vibes right. are probably going to be a bit different as well. Um, prediction, Adam? You, you, you Trevor Brooking did last last week and sat on the fence and got covered in Korea, so so I didn't. I was I was nearly right. I said I said twenty seventeen. Either way, I, that wasn't that wasn't bad. I was uh, you know width of a wire away. Uh, let's go with. Oh, there's there's so many Let's references. Let's go YOLO. Let's go 2019 Seattle. I don't even know how you can get 19. Let's go 2019 Seattle. We'll do it. There's yeah. so many references in this uh, episode. I think Stacey's going to Google after. 
thousand percent. You got yes. Trevor Brook in. Who's the Alistair Cook? I mean, that's a it's a mm-hmm. varied podcast. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty six twenty Seahawks. Mm, spicy. Ooh. The, the the kettle thing. Oh, if if, if kettle was fully healthy, I, yeah, it could be a lot. But especially with how um, Russ targeted the linebackers early. But yeah, but no, no kettle or a hampered kettle. Is yeah, it's a it's a big deal without Mitchell. I think I think they win. Am I making a prediction? Yes, please. Okay, against my better judgment, I'm. I think I'm going to go with San Francisco uh, with with this one. I just I uh, I am nervous <clears throat> about um, Kyle Shanahan recognizing that Javante Williams was was pretty well able to run all over the defense, and I know the defense will look differently against a different quarterback. So maybe they won't have as much of a problem, but Oh man. Oh God. I hope it's, I hope it's not this. I hope it's not this. I'm going to go like a 28, uh, kind of 17 type game. I'm going with the spread. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. After I said that's ridiculous. I can't believe that. Anyways, I'm going 10 and a half. (laughs) So I'll, I'll, our current our guest next week on the pod is um, someone who's in the stadium, so I really hope me and Adam are yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Because Especially as he's on uh, the evil empire side of uh, side of proceedings. Yeah. He's a, he's oh a, God. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, like it's I can't believe who cares. Um, eight days ago, imagine just bring on the drafts. You know, yeah, like I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just mad. Imagine the Seahawks, the Seahawks team being 2-0. Oh. Could you imagine? That'd be fun. I could um, see them starting 4-0 and finishing in last place. Like, I could see both of those things being true. It'd be magnificent. I'd love it. I would love it. I mean, the, Car- the, the it. Cardinals got, I know it's Mahomes and Kelsey and Chiefs, but they got whipped on Sunday. They got, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, anything else, Adam? No, I think that's just Don't do it in the bin? Let's yeah. do it. All right. Uh I think we've got we're going to finish, Stacey. We've got we've got a, a big special occasion for the bin. Yeah, to, okay. fin- to finish. But Shout I don't out, know. Dave. I don't know if you've got one. I have got another one, but maybe you can start us off, Stacey, as a bit of a bin expert. Sure. I'm saying now. Remind me. I'm I'm putting something in the bin. Something or someone in the bin. In the bin. Something or someone in the bin. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. 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 Uh, now I, I'm tempted to put Russell Wilson in the bin. In the bin. I'm I'm tempted. I'm real tempted. Uh, I'm going to put Russell Wilson's uh, suit in the bin. Love it. Is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I would very much like to put that in the bin. I don't like the tie, the like hologrammy or hologram. The uh, the the weird like pastel blue thing. It's uh. I think we can throw that in there. Yeah. It's not even the suit. It's the decision it's to like a, wear the suit. It's, it's the, the color. decision. It's, it's the mindset it's the of choice. the suit that goes in the bin, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So, Stuart, my bin, a bit controversial, but I mean, I, I keep receipts. And uh, it's actually Stacey Joe Ross from ESPN 710 oh, Seattle. Because no. okay. we, you know, we were in Seattle, had a lovely little shindig. <laughs> and she yeah. cried it off. <laughs> She cried it off because of illness. Yeah, we had we had many media personalities, and she claimed yeah. a doctor's note. I don't know. She found out some of the guest list and got cold feet. But um, yeah, actually, there was one person that maybe she did get cold feet as a result. Don't know. 
But um, I still can't believe one person was there. That was also yeah, that I deserve to for that. But that's another another thing altogether. So yeah, Stacey Joe Ross for for blowing off the uh, the pedestrian podcast face to face. You get in the bin. <laughs> People don't forget. People don't forget, Stacey. People don't forget. Completely fair. Nine months, Adam. I've been saving it. I've been stewing on it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but That's now, nice. Stuart, I think in um, let, so also, Stacey, I'm also going to issue with a get out of bin free card, which you can play oh, at any time. You. So, okay. uh, yeah, so um, you're fine. You're fine. There's probably quite a few people. Um, I mean, Coward put his head above the mm. pulpit once again because he's already there. So, um, yeah. Oh, I, I had a good Twitter spat with some guy called Ben Albright, who's definitely on the Broncos oh, okay. payroll. Okay. Last week, and yeah, he, 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 he does well. a um, he does one of the main ra- sports radio, doesn't he? Stacey Ben Albright, I think. I think we've had him on before. He's I've, uh, I've, I, I tried yeah. to get him on four years ago, Adam. So, well, he's not coming on anymore because in the bin, no, mate. No, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I said it in the last week's pod and then realized after what happened on Monday that we have to go and talk about him again. Uh, Russell Wilson's like fully entrenched time capsuled in the uh ped pod bin this is yeah this is our, our big this announcement is this is this is this is the last time or the last episode we're probably gonna mention again that russell wilson will be wow. mentioned and talked about on this pod because he is now full voldemort the yeah. name will never <laughs> be used again 15 minutes 15 months on from this uh town square in venice um He's going in the bin. He's and going in the, the bin. Time he's like he's done. Like jealousy, petty, wow. childish. Yeah, probably. But all of it. Put it. Do, it's, do it it's anyway. Our, it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's exactly. there's so many reasons to be grateful that game was the first game of the season, mainly yeah. because they just weren't ready for that Geno smoke, and yeah. we could win, whereas we probably would have got battered in November. But he's done. We don't need to talk about him ever again. Um, four, four years is a long time. Yeah, four years is a long time. So apart from any rogue outfits or rogue phrases he's going to come out with whilst stopping himself short or saying go Hawks end of a press conference, which <laughs> oh, was so close. Oh my God, he was so close. He was so close. <laughs> it was, I am telling you, he left and this camera guy behind me was like, he almost said go Hawks. <laughs> I was like, I saw that. <laughs> oh, it was so close. But yeah, no, I formally, Russell Wilson, get in the bin. Yeah. How times change. Stacey, your thoughts? Uh, on, on moving on beyond Russell Wilson, to, to build on that, I wrote about that post game. That is my lasting thought, which is this idea that um, I'm looking forward to finding out what the foundation of this team is. I think that it's going to be incredibly frustrating. Some boneheaded, like, smack your head kind of moments for this team, but also potentially really fun. I like the idea of having a fun team, and I hope that's what happens. Yeah, and like this, this like this rookie class already kind of looks fun. So obviously you've seen probably more of Ken Walker than obviously we have. And then you got um, the two tackles. Boye Mafe so seems to see quite a bit of the field on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Then you obviously mm-hmm. got Tariq Wallen and Kirby Bryant. All I mean, he was up against probably the second quickest receiver in the league and nearly yeah. got his hands on it as well. But yeah, the, the, this, it kind of feels like the ball's already started rolling on that, but obviously the big one is um, nailing. You'd expect to attack and nail the quarterback position um, next April, May, but obviously 16 weeks is a, 
is a lot longer than four years in NFL, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I have, um, have one one final person to put in the bin. I mean, we've put your old co-host Jake in the bin a couple of times. I'm not sure oh, he's going to be coming no. on and joining us anytime soon. I no. wouldn't have thought. <laughs> However, I, I, I in my hand I have another metaphorical get out of bin free card, and I'd like to issue that to G Scott Jr., who I'm going to put in the bin until he comes on this show and takes himself out of it. Because okay. we have tr- we have tried to get him on, and we ca- we can't get a avenues, response. Avenues, G Scott. Yeah. We have uh, tried and tried and I'll tried. Harass him. You tell him that he's in the bin. I'm sure that that's going to mean a lot to him. But <laughs> oh, got that guy absolutely. In the bin. I mean, it, it, it would. It would lose sleep. I, I would. I certainly would. So you. You were talking you t- about staying up at night. Tell, like yeah, that. too right. So you tell him that yeah. he, he can get out of the bin by just grab, picking up the microphone, and we'd love to have him. Until, I, I will until, absolutely do that. Until then. <laughs> but, also, but also talking, obviously, again, on the, the trade that happened in the summer, obviously it changed your, your job, Stacey, because Jake left and you got a new co-host Yeah. every day of the I, week. How's that, how's that been working with? It's wonderful. Him? I miss Jake. I love Jake like a brother. Um, it's, but it's, it's different. I mean, they're different people. So the format of the show is much still the same, uh, like a lot of the segments and obviously as I'm not an analyst, so it's host and then analyst, like the roles are still the same, but, um, Bump's just chill, man. He's really chill. Um, he's really funny and, uh, he's really honest. Like he, he doesn't have much of a filter, but in a really good way. Um, so I've, I've loved hosting with him. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Maybe, maybe that's the one after G I don't know. One more thought for me, Stuart. You can park yourself uh, for a minute or so, 60 oh, seconds. Stacey, your thoughts on Love Island season seven? Oh, God, I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so first of all, for the first time in a long time, I was okay with the winners. And, and I don't know if I believe that they're in love, but I think they believe that they're in love, which is so much better <laughs> than <laughs> anything else. Um, Luca, most annoying character by far. Uh, followed by Jax or whatever his name is. Absolutely horrible. Yes, Jax. I think all the wrong people are getting the clothing deals after the fact. Um, Ekin Sue forever. She brought the drama. She understood the assignment. Uh, one of the best contestants we've had in a, in a long while. And, uh, you know, the one, one complaint I have, A, it got a little toxic at times, especially around Castle Moore. Uh, not that I don't love Castle Moore. B, I miss the bromances. Like it didn't feel like there were as many friendships. And yeah. I didn't, I also didn't get as many sweet moments. There was a point where I was like, I genuinely don't care if any of these couples win. Like I don't, I don't think anyone deserves to win still a plus 10 out of 10, just as I rate every single season. <laughs> yeah. I think they're a bit camera aware now. I mean, like the days of destiny's childish yeah. are gone. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's, I think it's done. It's devastating. It was like season four is like, three, four, five peak. Yes, yeah. look Come at Stuart's on. face. It's a wonderful is, show. It is. It's great. <laughs> Never watched a second of it. That's your mistake. I'm putting I'm putting Stuart in the bin for that. Fine, Damn right. Fine. Get in the Fine. bin, Stuart. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, yeah. On that terrific note, what a great episode, Stu. Hey. Uh, Stacy, where can people catch your writings, your uh, radio show? And uh, I, I think there's some people making the trip out this year, but obviously COVID restrictions are... I mean, they can come and swing by and see you, you and G. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we're in, 
Yeah. So we're in Touchdown City, which is the event center. We're on the main stage. You can watch pregame show with Bump and the pregame show with me and G. They're right next to each other. Uh, and then obviously 710 AM, which is now Seattle Sports Station. You can tune in on an app uh, or you can download the podcast. If you're not local, you're outside of streaming. We're also our entire show is podcasted. Oh, and also, I don't know how early you get there on game day, but if you go, what's the hotel, Adam? The Silver... Oh, it's really Out. close. What's it? What is it? What's it called? Silver Cloud. There you go. There's a Bud yeah. Light tent. If you get there at a certain time, there's crab and um, reindeer sausage waiting for you. If you just, if you just tell them that me, me and Adam sent you, they'll, they'll look oh. at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because, because because there is someone you share a press box with who I we me and Adam left for the 49ers game before he did. Um, from that um, thing, but yeah, yeah, his name rhymes with uh, Schmeichel, Schmoor, and Schmuga. Uh, <laughs> he was supposed to, certainly supposed to be doing more work than he was on that day. Uh, don't tell his bosses at the Athletic. Oh, I love Michael John. Yeah, yeah. All usual means and methods are for the podcast. Next week we are possibly result dependent. Uh, being joined by Mathi from Billions, one of the funniest people, in my opinion, on the planet. Uh, Dan Soda is jumping on with me and Adam for 20, 30 minutes to talk about his experiences watching Gino Smith throw it all over Santa Clara to Seahawks, white or blue, whichever colour they're wearing on Sunday. Stacey, massively appreciate you once again jumping on with uh, me and Adam. And I, I, I knew the violin was coming, but I kind of thought... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I thought we kind of dodged it. It's been like six weeks, seven weeks since it finished. Um, but yeah. We've been waiting this whole time. Love Island never finishes, G. That's your first big mistake. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Stacey. Appreciate your time as always. Um, uh, but we'll see you probably 2023 at um, Bell- it Bellevue Brewery. Bellevue oh. Brewery, yeah. yeah Stacey yeah. won't be there, but we'll be there. <laughs> no, I will be there. Yeah, I all right, mate. All right, time. mate. I'll believe you. Uh, I uh, promise. <laughs> Enjoy the game, whichever corner of the world you watch it from on Sunday. Until next time, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks. The folks you said had written you off, maybe? What did they say to them? Yeah, they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. Right. They wrote me off, and I didn't write back. Hey.